the cold coming to a close this weekend? Looks like it. Next week, El Nino is back in play, driving more bearable temperatures our way. Welcome to the weekend, at least the start of it. It's Greg Morgan here, and I know one thing's for sure with this cold weather as of late. You must have seen by now, I've seen at least once, maybe twice, the sun dogs in the sky at some point, and some of you sharing some remarkable photos in social media feeds, too, of it. But uh, that's about the only pretty thing about this miserably cold weather right now. It is going to be nicer for the weekend. I bet a lot of you who love snowmobiling will be out. Maybe go cross-country skiing. The trail out of Tor Hill is supposed to be pretty good. Maybe some ice fishing. I hear the perch are easy to pull out of Buffalo Pound right now. Mission Ridge is going to be open, likely busier than they ever were at Christmas because they had a lot less snow then. And now, finally, we've got more snow. And my youngest daughter was out at Mission Ridge last night. Her and her class left uh, mid-afternoon. Some lessons. Man, she couldn't wait to get home and tell me all about how much fun it was. Even though it was cold, she said the hot pockets helped in the uh, mitts, but had a blast out of Mission Ridge. That's nice to hear. And that two park there is very popular as well. So, oh, I'm sure we'll even see some tobogganers in uh, Ring Road Ditch behind uh, the Home Depot there near Vic. Along the Starbucks ditch there, probably on South Alberts, on all the regular toboggan hills as well. Finally, some milder weather to enjoy the weekend. Some kids are out of school today. It is, after all, a teacher development day in the Catholic school system, just for the elementary, not the high school students, from what I can tell on their calendar. And now with a strike on Monday, it'll be an extra long weekend for every student. Samantha Beacott of the Teachers Federation still adamant that this province needs to step up. Without taking action, this government is not going to move off of their position. So regular school day for the public and prairie school system today. Catholic elementary is off. High school in for the Catholics. And nobody goes to school Monday because of our one-day strike. High school students, busy writing midterms too, I believe, right? Yeah, and uh, having to shuffle their schedules accordingly with uh, the teachers to work around all of this as well. What else is going on here this weekend? Oh, hey, the Regina Pats are back. In action tonight, hosting Lethbridge. Tomorrow night, Medicine Hat. Saturday night, a SpongeBob SquarePants jersey night against Medicine Hats. You can bid on their rather colorful jerseys for charity now online. At Regina Pat's website, too. And over at the Cooperator Center, I see my old hockey coach, George Watson, who has long since passed uh, a legend in uh, hockey in these parts here. He was my coach when I was a young kid. Uh, This weekend, they have the big under-11 hockey tournament. They call it the George Watson under-11 hockey tournament. George, my first hockey coach, there were days he'd call a morning practice before school started at an outdoor rink. Yeah, I'm old enough to uh, remember how we, we, we'd actually practice, sometimes play at the outdoor rinks, and occasionally uh, an indoor game, too, because there were just not as many indoor rinks at the time. I've always loved this song. Now I think of uh, Monday Night Football when I hear it, because uh, Chris Stapleton redid it with Snoop Dogg. 
Gets me pumped for the NFL Divisional Finals. Start tomorrow with me now, Grey Cup chap, Green Zone guest analyst, Belton Johnson. Good morning, buddy. Hey, hey, how's it going this morning, Greg? Ah, pretty stoked. Looking forward to these games. So let's get right at her, pal. Let's uh, go tomorrow. The Houston Texans facing the number one seed Baltimore Ravens. Now, Houston's defense crushed the Browns last weekend with a couple of pick sixes in the second half to seal the deal. But, Belton, I got to ask you, will the Ravens show why they are a Super Bowl favorite or will the magical run for Houston continue? I I think the Ravens are going to flex their muscles on the Texans a bit and Keep in mind now, the Texans and the Ravens, they faced off week one of the regular season. And Lamar Jackson, he did not have the best of games. And C.J. Stroud, well, he played pretty decent and everything. So I'm looking at that Ravens' number one ranked defense and points allowed per game. They've only given up 16.5 points. So I'm going with the Ravens. Yeah, I'm on the same page with you. The Ravens ended the season as the best in the NFL. Lamar Jackson could be headed for MVP. And, yeah, that defense is just killer. So with that, the Ravens should cruise to a win. 30-20 is what I say. You? Me? I'm gonna, Actually, I was going to say probably 35-15 to 15 or so. Okay, we're pretty close there. Next up tomorrow night after pulling off the stunner on Wild Card Weekend, the Packers eliminating the Cowboys. Now visiting San Francisco. Belton, the 49ers, the number one seed. They had the benefit of resting up and getting healthy, and uh, it should favor them. But but what's that like, Belton? Sitting back watching. The Packers pumped the adrenaline, knocking off Dallas last weekend. As a former player, what scenario would you want to be in, the 49ers or the Packers right now? Well, uh, I'm going to have to say the 49ers, the rest. I'm always going to take rest and everything. And <laughs> I'm going to tell you, I think the 49ers, what, that game with the Cowboys and Packers was over with, I would say probably in the first quarter, is what, 20 to 0 or somewhere in there. So they started probably preparing right then. And, Greg, I know I said last week that the Packers, uh, oh, I'm sorry, the Cowboys had a better team than the Packers. But I really mean it this time. The 49ers, top to bottom, they have a better team and lots of weapons on that offense. Okay, you're not going to believe what I have to say now. But I think Jordan Love, he looks so confident in his downfield passing game. I think it's thriving right now. 49ers secondary, they they can be a little weak sometimes. Plus the Packers prove they can run the ball pretty good with uh, the potential for Rain and Frisco. Here's what I'm thinking. Belton, I think the Packers are hot to stage another upset. 24-22 24-22 Green Bay. Go. Well, and Belton had 30-10, to 10, 49ers. <laughs> I think they, they're going to flex that muscle, I'm telling you. I, uh, I think the Packers are pulling an upset, but that's the last upset they're in for, I think. Okay, first game Sunday is Tampa Bay at Detroit. Belton Johnson, based on crowd support alone, the Lions, they've got to win. Their fans were the loudest you and I ever heard last week. Oh, my God, Greg, you must be reading my mind. I swear that's where I was going with this. When, uh, I was going with the Lions just based on the energy of the fans put out uh, what last week versus the Rams. And, you know, if they get that type of crowd in there again, that stadium is loud. I've been in that stadium uh, on a Monday night football game to hear it and, uh, live and everything. I'm thinking that the crowd's going to drown out the Bucks and the Lions going to easily uh, take down the Bucks. And I got a score of 21 to uh, 16. 
Yeah, the the Lions defeated the Bucks. I think it was like what twenty to six in Week Six, and I don't think mm-hmm. that game was a fluke. So destiny and the fans are on the side of the Lions. I got them at twenty six seventeen. Okay, Sunday night. We hope the game goes. The weather is crazy <laughs> again in Buffalo. Bills and Chiefs. Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes. First time Mahomes has ever had to hit the road for a playoff game. Each though have the same record, twelve and six. The clubs both approved. They can play it in the gold. Odds makers favor the Bills. Belton Johnson favors. Well, I'm a favorite of Bills, but I'm I'm very cautious on this one because you know Josh Allen. I think he's what three and one head to head versus Mahomes in the regular season, but he's zero and two versus Mahomes in the playoffs. So I don't think Allen is going to go down 0-3 against Mahomes. That's why I'm going with the Bills. They're at home, and I think it'll be a close game. I'm going 21-20 here. 21-20. Get your popcorn ready, Belton. This is going to be awesome. The Chiefs will celebrate a road win. 32-28. 32-28. It's going to be the best game of the weekend. And, and I do. I have it as my game of the week. I can't wait for that one. I got to go, Belt, and have a great weekend. Now the Ag Report. Well, Madonna, she's on her world tour. Probably her last one ever. And uh, always controversy in Madonna's career, some of which she just loves to just kind of stir up uh, just because that's what gets everyone talking, right? But uh, last week in Toronto, she kind of had a boo-boo. She yelled out, hello, Boston, instead of Toronto. Are you ready, Boston? Oh, Are you ready, Toronto? <laughs> now, Madonna's tardiness could land her in court. For starting shows late, I can attest to this. I've seen Madonna a couple of times, and both times, it was a good two hours plus before she took the stage. It's so ridiculous. Not since Guns N' Roses, perhaps in the 90s, have artists been famous for this, but Madonna's been doing this all the time. But now a couple of guys are suing her because her shows in Brooklyn last month started over two hours late. She didn't take to the stage until about 10.45 in the evening. And the show is supposed to start at 8.30. So you're getting out of the concert about 1 in the morning. And not only do these fans say it made it harder for them to find transportation back home after the show. Then, of course, they had to get up early to go to work. Take care of responsible uh, responsibilities with their family the next day. So they're suing her along with Live Nation and the arena for unfair or deceptive trade practices. And they're hoping they can get enough fans that went to the same concert and start a class action suit. Madonna's actually been sued for this a couple of times. I think the first time was in 2019. That lawsuit was dismissed. And in 2020, a couple of people voluntarily dismissed their suit and reached a settlement. But it is ridiculous. I get that. Can you imagine going to a concert on a weeknight that, okay, if there's an opening act, you know, that's about 45 minutes. And then usually about another half hour to 40 minutes after the main attraction, right? But to go two, two and a half hours, first time I saw her was two and a half hours that she was delayed. And she likes to turn the air conditioning off in the arena she performs too. So you got to sit there sweating. So I saw that first concert in Arizona and we were sweating. 
And then she comes out, and all the hits don't even sound like the hits we know on the radio because she's got to revamp them. She goes through that artsy phase. Apparently, this latest world tour, she's singing them to the T like we have heard them through the 80s. I don't know. I, I, I hope these guys actually get something because I, I hate when artists do that. And here is a stunning development in a case that many of you, I know, will remember. This week, it's announced that the Los Angeles Innocence Project is taking up the case of Scott Peterson, who was convicted of murdering his wife, Lacey, and their unborn child Christmas Eve 2002. Their bodies were found in the San Francisco Bay months later, but Peterson, who is now 51, is serving life without parole after his death sentence was actually overturned. And the Innocence Project who has taken his case, well, they're a nonprofit who has helped overturn hundreds of convictions of innocent people in prison. And they cite evidence that has been discovered that points to Peterson's innocence now. In fact, they say new evidence actually points to the actual perpetrators of the crime against Lacey. Their motions claim that a, a burglary across the street from Lacey's home around the time of her disappearance was never properly investigated, nor were witnesses that saw Lacey alive properly interviewed. And these latest filings also request more DNA testing of a van that was found burned nearby. And Peterson has always maintained his innocence, arguing that the prosecution never once presented physical or forensic evidence linking him to the crime. Just months before his conviction in 2004, he sat down with Diane Sawyer in an interview that had record ratings of people tuning in. Everybody sitting at home wants the answer to the same question. Did you murder your wife? No, no. I uh, just not. And I had absolutely nothing to do with her disappearance. Attorneys with the L.A. Innocence Project say that Peterson's rights were even violated and that his actual innocence is supported by new evidence. And... I, I bet some of you, well, I know a lot of you will remember the case as it unfolded. And there have been several movies out there too, right? You can find them streaming on Netflix. But it was a huge case and so much drama. Lacey Peterson, the pregnant mother-to-be, disappears Christmas Eve. Her husband, Scott, and her whole family search for her. But there are no signs anywhere. And then months go on and the media and the public start to think that he did it. He murdered his wife, even though Lacey's family was supporting Scott, defending him, until Scott's mistress, Amber Fry, holds a news conference admitting she was having an affair with Scott while he was married. Scott had told Amber that he was not married. And then that made Lacey's family start to doubt his innocence, and they turned on him. And then in 2003, Lacey's body and baby wash up on the shore, and she's officially declared murdered. So the police, they arrest Scott, and here we are in 2023. Perhaps another movie will have to be made. This is going to be an interesting one to watch. But uh, this Innocent Project is pretty legit and sound like they they think that he is innocent. Well, the stars are coming out this weekend. Hope's home. Sixth annual Swinging with the Stars tomorrow night. Over the last few years, they have raised over 600000 for Hope's home. And one of my friends, Jen Dean, who you hear occasionally on this show as our family life coach, 
is actually dancing this weekend and joins me now. Open its way the judges with a uh, a disco era theme routine. Is that right? Oh, yes, please. Not just for me, but for families all throughout Saskatchewan. I am participating in a fundraiser, which is kind of like Dancing with the Stars. I'm getting matched up with a dance instructor and I have to perform a whole dance on a stage in front of judges, and it's terrifying. A disco dance. Did yeah. you have a say in the era that you would dance to? Absolutely. I love disco. Oh, okay. There's the Bee Gees. There's okay. some Donna Summer in there. Nice. Yeah, nice. it's going to be good. What is it like having to learn a two to three minute routine? <laughs> now, how many weeks have you been practicing so oh, far? Oh, about 12. Really? My instructor is amazing. Now, keep in mind, Greg, I have zero dance experience yeah the only dancing i've ever done was in my 20s when i would dance on speakers in the clubs that's Uh it that's the only experience (laughs) i have i'm leaning into that every week i would meet with my instructor sydney who's amazing and we would we'd go over about 15 20 seconds of the routine some of the moves in particular took me a lot of weeks yeah (laughs) and you're going up other city influencers who are Mm -hmm. paired with professional dancers i'm particularly scared because i'm going up against people who are you know, one of them is a doctor. She's a pediatrician. She saves babies. How can I trash talk her when she saves babies? Well, yeah, that's going to be a little <laughs> difficult. Swinging with the stars, like dancing with the stars. Anyone can go to this. You're selling tickets for this too, right? You can buy tickets to attend. You can go to hopeshome.org and vote for Team Jen in Sydney, please. Now, how much do you have to raise? Well, I my goal was 10000 and we'll see. We'll see. There's still time. It could happen. And where does all the money go? How does Hope's Home use it? Well, this particular fundraiser is actually going to go to provide care for kids during daycare. Uh, so f- normally, parents with kids with complex medical needs, in addition to the regular parenting mom and dad stuff, they have extra appointments, doctor's appointments, um, physio appoint- appointments, speech pathology appointments. Well, we want to provide that right in-house in the daycare so that when parents come and pick up their kids after work, that's all done. The professionals have come to them. They've had their sessions. They've done the therapies. And parents can take their kids home and just be mom and dad. That's awesome. And what has all this dancing done to your feet? (laughs) Well, I'm hoping that I'm going to have some really awesome disco moves after this (laughs) that I can keep forever. But I will tell you, uh, leading up to this event now, my feet are getting pretty sore. I bet. Well, good luck. It's this Saturday night at the Delta, right? That's right. And as long as tickets are available, uh, hit up the website one more time. Hopeshome.org. Make sure you click on Jen's picture there. Yes, please. And make a donation. Thank you, Jen. Thanks, Greg. Jen Dean, always welcome on this show. Okay, it is no school for the Catholic elementary school system today. It's a teacher's conference day, and high schoolers in the Catholic system are on. Public school's in, prairie's in, school buses are running, but it will be a long weekend because of the strike on Monday. More details of that coming up with Kevin Martell.